Welcome to the Anchor Daily. Join us as we read through the book of Esther. The plot of an evil man to annihilate Mordecai and all the Jews in King Xerxes' vast kingdom has unwittingly condemned the queen to death. Esther, Mordecai, and all the Jews in Susa had petitioned God and fasted for three days. It was time to act, and it's all on Esther. See how it unfolds in the book of Esther, chapter 5. Hi everyone, Connie here. After the edict date was set, Esther had a little less than a year to find a way to negate Haman's evil plan to kill the Jews. Esther had been queen for about five years and would have learned to navigate her new world and understand the king. By all appearances, King Xerxes continued to be delighted with her and maybe in love with Esther. But he banished one queen for not heeding him, and Esther wasn't about to go against protocol that could cost anyone their life. So she prepared spiritually by fasting, arranged a banquet, put on her best royal robes, and boldly entered the forbidden inner court. Truth or consequence time, drum roll. It must have felt like an eternity standing in the palace inner court, facing the king on his throne. Xerxes hadn't just lost a war, was probably in good mood, and may have been thinking about Esther. God had timed this perfectly. Here's a man who always initiated a meeting with one of his wives. Having a wife show up unannounced, dressed in royal robes, looking absolutely beautiful, was probably a first for him. It was an opportunity to do something he loved to do, show off his beautiful queen. And here she was in court. He hadn't seen her for 30 days and was pleased to see her. Unlike her predecessor, Esther followed protocol. She honored him and showed respect in front of the entire court. With a dramatic extension of his gold scepter, he saved her life, demonstrating his power to all those present. Then in front of everyone, he offered to grant her request for anything she wanted, even up to half its kingdom. But Haman was missing and didn't hear his offer. Esther understood that to publicly ask the king to reverse an edict, which he by law could not do, was dangerous. Humbly and with proper reverence, she prefaced her request with, if it pleased the king, and she asked for a private audience over food and wine and asked him to bring Haman. While they were eating and drinking, enjoying each other's company, the king again asked for her request and promised to give her up to half of his kingdom. This time Haman heard the king's irrevocable promise, which will be important for Haman to know when Esther reveals her request. Again, she prefaced her request with, If the king regards me with favor, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, and she invited them both back for a banquet tomorrow and promised to answer the king's question then. Wow, Haman left riding on a cloud nine. His ego so overinflated when he left that the sharp contrast shown by Mordecai's refusal to even acknowledge him, let alone bow before him, triggered rage. But by the time he got home, he called his friends and his wife for a brag fest. 
about how elevated he was above all the other nobles and officials, and he'd been invited back for another exclusive banquet with the king and queen. His buttons were popping, and then he swept his group of admirers into a blubber fest about Mordecai's disrespect. My friend tells the story of how, as a child, she tagged along with her librarian mother. To keep her occupied, she was given the important job of stamping the due date inside books when checked out. She related, I'd bang the rubber stamp from ink to book cover and tell the person they'd be fined if the book was late. I was drunk with power. Haman, drunk with power, took the advice of his wife and friends to build a 75-foot gallows and planned to ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai hanged on it. The contrast is already clear. The king trusted both Haman and Esther, but they have opposite motives for their appeals and requests of the king. Haman needed the king's edict to eradicate the Jews and Mordecai. Esther was on mission and needed the king to save them. Many times in our lives, God moves unseen, and once in a while we're blessed to recognize the movement and work of God in our lives. As with Esther, much bigger things than we imagine or often don't see are at work in his providence. In Genesis 50:20, Joseph tells his brothers, who sold him into slavery, You planned evil against me. God planned it for good, to bring about the present results, the survival of many people. Will the same be true for Queen Esther, Mordecai, and all Jews under King Xerxes' rule? Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us through accounts in your word, like Esther's, how important it is to turn to you first, as she did, and then move boldly and intentionally as we continue Jesus' mission in practical ways. May we be sensitive to your spirit and ready to share with others what Jesus has done in our lives and invite them to believe that you poured out your life to rescue all of us. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to check out more podcasts just like this, you can go to Bethel.ch and you'll find amazing selections of podcasts and much more. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us with podcasts at Bethel.ch. See you next time.